3: Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Superhuman Radio. I've been gone in Atlantic City for the weekend, and uh, I drank alcohol, yes, I did, several days in a row, and I feel like crap now. I know better. Why do I do it? Because once you have that first drink, it all becomes blurry and fun. Anyway, uh, today is Tuesday. Uh, We have the Blueprint Power Hour that's going to start in just a moment with my co-host, Coach Rob Regish. Uh, but before that, I have to, of course, acknowledge our title sponsor, All American Pharmaceuticals and EFX Sports. And uh, right now, you can get six of their top-selling products absolutely free by going to SuperhumanRadio.net, clicking one of the EFX Sports banner ads, enter your name and address, pay five dollars in change for shipping, and you will see what all the rage and rave is about EFX products, uh, because you'll get all the top-selling products to try because Dr. Jeff believes that no one should buy anything until they've tried it, and he puts his money where his mouth is, so check that out.
1: Calling all Blueprint Army. Fall in line. It's time for the Blueprint Power Hour with Coach Rob Regish on the Superhuman
4: Radio Network. How you doing, Rob? Fantastic, man. Coming off a really strong workout yesterday, and now it's time for a week off.
3: I actually trained two days in Atlantic City, even though I was out drinking the nights before. Uh, I did not train yesterday because we traveled yesterday, and I didn't train today because I didn't get home until midnight last night, Right. so I took off, but I have, I have been crushing it in the gym. I really have. In fact, I purposefully pushed myself uh, into an overtraining uh, place before leaving because I thought I wouldn't train at all. Uh, but they had a nice gym at the Golden Nugget, so I did uh, get in a couple workouts.
4: Wow. That's the exception rather than the rule.
3: Yeah, and you know, I drank the nights before. So I wasn't, I didn't feel the best. Uh, so I, I, I didn't push as hard. Uh, I didn't push myself to failure, but I did, uh, use similar weights as I was using at home, but instead of doing 20 reps of something, I did 15, or instead of doing 15, I did 12. You know, just to get the pump going, right. Um but no, it was very, it was very satisfying. And then, of course, sat in the sauna, a couple days in a row. And uh, one of my favorite things to do is the sauna. So yeah, very cool. Elisa goes, why do you always do this before we go out of town? You know, because I told her I like before we left. I said, man, my my all my muscles are just so sore right now. You know, right. I'm pushing myself to overtraining. And she goes, Well, why did you, you know, why do you do this before we go out of town? I says Because I expect not to train and just to eat a lot. And so that kind of uh, will be a, a boomerang effect of overtraining and then not training at all and eating a lot. My body will put on some new muscle. And sure enough, I looked in the mirror this morning yeah. and there's no doubt that I grew. There's no doubt in my mind about it.
4: That's awesome, isn't
3: it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know, I'm 60.
4: Yeah, sixty years old, man. I'm
3: not. I'm not supposed to be able to add
4: muscle. Yeah, exactly.
3: And especially on week, you know, a a couple nights of drink, and you know. So when I left Atlantic City, I said I'm not going to drink at all. And then the first night we got there, Elisa and I had our our own time in the evening, and so we went out to a nice Italian restaurant. And of course, I'm not going to let her drink by herself. And so I ended up having a couple gin and tonics. I haven't had a gin and tonic in forever. Yeah. And you know, then a glass of wine, and then the next day I did pretty much the same thing with my cousins, at my uh, cousin Rosemary's seventy fifth uh, birthday party. Oh wow! And then the next day I was like, I'm not going to drink today. Oh, uh, maybe I'll just have a glass of wine with lunch. You know, so it's like it just it just kind of I I don't know what it is about me and alcohol as being symbolic of having fun, but uh, it is it, it is what it is. I guess I don't know.
4: Yeah. Listen that's 60 for that amount of muscle man I hope I'm carrying that amount of muscle
3: at 60 well and we and you and I are going to talk about something at the end of today's show that uh, us older guys need to really pay attention to we're going to be talking about training your neck um and some caveats some things that you need to pay attention to in my humble opinion so we'll get into that so um you've got something exciting going on um for uh, over at the blueprint Bolton right now
4: yeah uh, why we're don't you talk about that we're in the last five days of this year's, uh, Blueprint Bulletin Pro special. And look, it's 74 huge issues at one third of the, uh, at one third off the usual asking price covering 300 topics. And I'll just give you a few examples. The single most overlooked herb in sports nutrition. It is not heavily advertised. I don't see anybody talking about it. How a single word on a label can help you spot high quality protein and how another word tells you it's absolute junk. 400 milligrams a week of testcipionate. I show you how it's possible in USA Legal Eagle. Uh, and also, you can discover a simple, inexpensive supermarket item that has been shown to increase muscular performance and endurance a whopping 50%. Now, if that wasn't enough, you're also going to get my hormone optimization course updated for 2018 for free. Normally, sells for 50 bucks. contains priceless info. Current subscribers, of course, will get it for free. Um, So go to CoachRobRagish.com to sign up now for just $0.65 a day. You will not believe what you've been
3: missing. Yeah, it's really an amazing value. It's like a vault
4: of information. And they keep coming every month. Well, and people
3: are so willing to spend $65 a month on bunk supplements that do nothing. Information does it forever. Once you learn something that works, it does it forever.
4: Yeah, and if you like supplements, there's, you know we, we talk plenty about them in there. And also, to your point, which ones are bunk and which ones are the real deal? Right. Right. So you get your supplements with this.
3: So our first question comes from Nick Zamsky. Z- Zamsky, I'm sorry, I put an N in there. He said, um, I'm trying to wrap my head around your philosophy on training. From listening to you and reading your works, it sounds all over the place. Why so many different strategies over the years?
4: It's a fair question, fair question. So I'll take it from, uh, from the beginning. So when I sat down to write the blueprint, it was with the express purpose of putting on a lot of muscle fast, and that protocol had to work even in advanced men. You know, people have been doing this for years and likely plateaued. Um, So what you saw wasn't just one training method. The blueprint brought together half a dozen, um, you know, to be used over the first 8 to 12 weeks, let's call it. Each one of those had a very high success rate in the general population. But that is simply not enough if you really need it to work for everyone. So, for example, you know, you're know you going to find some people that respond really well to heavy-duty, high-intensity type training, and they'll do well, real well with it for up to 12 weeks. But not everyone will, given people are coming from a different place. but But, and here's the big thing, when you can orchestrate where everyone is coming from, you can craft something that will work almost 100 percent of the time for everyone. So prior to hit, right? We use a total tonnage training with lots of volume and frequency. Virtually everyone, and I'm sure you've noticed this. Everyone who switches uh, to hit after a high volume phase gains big. Um, now imagine doing that six or seven times over the course of two to three months, and you begin to understand why it's such a no-brainer and has such an absurdly high success rate. I think what's fair to say is that most people stick with something most of the time, way too long, or at the other end of the spectrum, they program hop, um, which sabotages their gains. There are some hard and fast rules, though, that you can apply, and here they are. Um, Number one, if you just train to get stronger, a lot of other things take care of themselves. Number two, of all the variables your body adapts to the quickest, it's reps. Number three, if you're looking for what's wrong in your training, the answer can always be found in one of the three following areas, intensity, volume, or frequency. Four, of those three, is intensity is by far the most important. Volume is always a negative insofar as recovery is concerned, but you know, on the flip side, a certain amount of volume is needed for hypertrophy. Uh, and then finally, training frequency is the toughest variable to, you know, nail down. Because your ability to train productively as frequently as possible depends. Depends on your diet. Depends how you've been sleeping. Depends, you know, how much you did last time and what you plan to do next time. Frequency is also always a moving target. And the, it's really the only thing a well-thought-out program can't tell you. Um, so that's why I've prescribed so many training methods over the years, Nick. I wish it was simpler, but as I just tried to illustrate, it's not an exact science. There's always going to be an art to it. Um, the, the best advice I ever heard from someone was, the best program for you is the one you're not currently using. <laughs> there's a there's a big grain of truth to that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and you know as you've pointed out over the years things work for a period of time and then they stop working. Right. And so <clears throat> instead of waiting for them to stop working uh changing with anticipation of the body become accustomed to the rep scheme or the exercise scheme is really what you've capitalized on. I mean, I said a long time ago that you didn't create any of these programs, these these, these these routines that you use, but you have, like Google, gone out and searched for the ones that work the best and then methodically paired them. So when you finish with this one, you start this one. So you really never plateau. In fact, you keep getting
4: stronger. Yeah, and if you think about it, that what you just described – Almost nobody does. You can, Some people are on the five-by-five five routine. Some people, heavy-duty. Very few have a half a dozen locked and loaded that work with each other. Um, and that's why they don't stop gaining. Yeah. So.
3: Jim, Jimmy uh, Longy says, uh, let's say someone is interested in balance of health, a balance of health, performance enhancement, and longevity. What supplements would you take without breaking the bank?
4: That's uh, a great question, right? Because it gets back to the economic realities of this. <laughs> um, I, I have a few thoughts on this and you know, what the best bang for your buck is going to be. So here goes. Number one, obviously, creatine monohydrate or crealkaline. Uh, there can be no doubt creatine is the best performance enhancer around uh, and the most well-researched. It's also one of the healthiest. Some of the latest research I saw was how well it protected the brain against traumatic injuries. You know, either three to five grams of creatine mono or a gram and a half of prealkylate a day will, will do you well. Uh, N acetylcysteine is another one, two grams a day or more. NAC is the precursor to glutathione, right, which is your body's most prolific endogenous antioxidant. It is so, it, It's so good that the medical community uses it as a biomarker of aging. It's also great for the liver. Tremendous product. Inexpensive, too. Uh, Three, TMG, trimethylglycine, a.k.a. betaine, has shown some nice performance-enhancing benefits, and they know now that those are tied to the increased IGF-1 and lower cortisol levels that it causes. Less well-known is its ability to lower levels of homocysteine, which is usually elevated in, right, in people consuming a lot of protein excess. The more I learn about methylation, and it started on this show, the more I'm convinced it underlies not only performance but also health. You know, I would try two to five grams a day and see if it doesn't improve your mood. And TMG is one of the things that can improve your mood in minutes of, of, of taking it. Uh, vitamin D. Vitamin D is obviously a huge one. It's the only vitamin doctors test for, which should tell you something. Most North Americans are going to need to supplement in order to get levels above 50. Um, Now, while I wait patiently for the new primal D, uh, I've been trying to get a lot of sunshine and 10,000 IU a day from an oral supplement. Doing so got my levels to 60 on my last round of blood work. But bear in mind, that was during the summer up here. You know, I live, I live in Massachusetts. So I've got six months at least where I don't get much sun. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Curcumin, it has so many benefits, it boggles the mind. That goes for performance-enhancing, anti-carcinogenic, and otherwise. Get two grams a day. Um, if it's not already complex with bioparin or black pepper extract. Take it with some fat. Curcumin, unfortunately, has has very low bioavailability, so it needs the help from either fat or uh, piperine. So there you have it. Five supplements that will strike a nice balance between performance enhancement, health, and longevity. And and those five will not break the bank. Going forward, um, based upon what I've seen with myself, I would recommend some sort of genetic testing yeah. to determine optimal micronutrient intake for whatever conditions you may or may not have, you know. Next month's Blueprint Bulletin is going to show you where I got that done, what it showed in its entirety. I've talked a little bit about it here, but not all of it. And how it now plays a part in the supplements that I take. So,
3: Interestingly, you know, I, I had mine done. And because of the neurological issue that took my sister's life, that clearly is affecting my life right now. Yeah. Um, it, it, it. I was worried about methylation myself. I was worried about you know the effects of uh, uh, of uh, things like uh, methylfolate. But I'm not. I don't. I don't have that uh, mutation. So luckily, I you know the B vitamins aren't uh, aren't they are working for me. Let's put
4: it that way. See, and that's the kind of information that's power.
3: Yeah, because you don't have to worry about it. You could go, okay, that's not my thing. It's someplace else.
4: Right, exactly. You don't have to guess. So,
3: uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we've got lots more to talk about. You're listening to the Blueprint Power Hour. You can go to CoachRobRegish.com to learn more if this is your first time hearing it. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try just cover a small shipping and handling fee and they're on their way to you see for yourself why efx sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products dominate their competition safely and legally head over to efxsports.com right now and click the efx sample kit in the online store and get your free kit today That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one, dot com. Or go to superhumanradio.net.com.
2: But you're not, go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars.
3: Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over the counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse.
1: productive
3: at RenewLifeRx.com, there are a few products that i believe in the way i believe in can see eye drops i've been using can see for six months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing wow that's an old commercial the truth is i've been using can see eye drops for 11 years now and i credit can eye drops as being the reason that i do not need reading glasses at 58 years old can see eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely that's why I both use and endorse Cancy Eye Drops. Go to WiseChoiceMedicine.com and learn about how Cancy Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. So the next question comes from Jerry Allen. Is like a lot of other guys, I take a pre-workout powder before I train. Sometimes it really jacks me up, and other times I get almost nothing out of it. I have a feeling this goes back to my nutrition or maybe my sleep. Any ideas what it might be?
4: Well, certainly stimulants hit harder when you're well-rested, and especially on an empty stomach. That's one of the benefits of intermittent fasting, right? I mean, things like ephedrine, caffeine... And individual amino acids that, you know, make you alert or alternatively drowsy, they work much better. But there's another possibility that almost nobody considers. The vast majority of these powdered pre-workouts are not very consistent scoop to scoop. Um, And the ingredient, of course, in question here that I'm talking about is usually caffeine. So to back that statement up with some science, going to reference a study that was just published this month on the caffeine content of pre workouts So I'll quote directly from the abstract. Fifteen pre-workout supplements were tested for their caffeine content, both within and between uh, batches of the same product. The caffeine content ranged from 91 to 387 milligrams per serving. Well, interestingly enough, only six of the 15 uh, had nutrition information panels that included details on the caffeine content. I thought for sure they had to list it. Um, the percentage of caffeine present ranged from 59 to 176 percent of label claims, and all but one was consistent and considered within an acceptable range 50 milligrams. Uh, or so scoop to scoop consumers then are likely to be exposed to large and variable caffeine doses when ingesting powdered pre-workout products. So prior to seeing this, I often wondered how the caffeine uh, or, or for that matter, the other ingredients in powdered products could always be consistent scoop to scoop. You know, now I know that concern was valid. Um, what does that mean to you? So I've got a couple of thoughts. I wouldn't touch a powdered pre-workout. I don't like them. They're high-margin products, usually stuffed with low-quality ingredients. Um, and when it comes to caffeine, don't overdo it. Let's say 200 milligrams. And ideally, if you're using it to potentiate something else, not more than 80 to 100. You can, you know, like I said before, steer clear of the powdered pre-workouts. Not only are they laced with with too much caffeine, and I'll define that as let's say more than three hundred milligrams. You can't you can't count on whatever the label is telling you. Understand also that too much caffeine raises cortisol, which is going to be raised anyway, right, by heavy training. Cortisol, for those that don't know, lays down fat and chews up muscle. Not good. Um next, if you must use it, you know, try eighty to hundred milligrams caffeine with three grams of tyrosine or a similar amount of d l phenylalanine, and a let's say a new, new focus agent, something like new or even a drapphiil if you've been really dragging, uh which is the precursor to modafinil. Modafinil is not legal in the United States without a prescription. Uh, draffinol is. And then finally, understand too much caffeine almost totally negates creatine's benefits. Now, a lot of these pre-workouts contain creatine, which tells you what? Tells you the formulator didn't do his homework. Creatine is best taken um, post-workout without caffeine. uh, Or, after your work, or I'm sorry, taken pre-workout Without caffeine, right? You're seeing like progenitrix. Or after your workout with a dash of sodium and carbs. Now, All-American EFX is carbolin. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's the Cadillac of carb powders um, for that and other applications, in my opinion. So, you know, there you have it, Jerry. To me, that was some really eye-opening info on just what these products contain or don't, as the case may be. Um, my pre-workout, which I know I've been talking about forever, is another reason why mine will be in capsules so that we're able to deliver a consistent uh, level of caffeine but not too much where it's going to work against you instead of for you.
3: The next question comes from Matt Rinaldi. He says, where do you stand these days on growth hormone secretagogues and releasers?
4: Um, you know, growth hormone has always been easier to boost in this game than testosterone. So, so it's important to understand how. Gh usually peaks several times a day, but it's the first ninety minutes of sleep where it's usually the highest. The biggest mistake you can make in terms of a getting a gh release would be going to bed on a belly full of carbs. Right. So, so t- try to do so either on a relatively empty stomach or, you know, protein and fat. Um, that same empty stomach is important for strategy number two, which is getting aminos across the blood-brain barrier that boosts growth hormone. And when it comes to that, when it comes to the aminos and growth hormone, uh, GABA, I think by far, gamma-aminobutyric acid, is what you want to be using. The ideal is three to five grams on an empty stomach. Uh, And in that environment, it's been shown to boost GH up to 550% and over 400% pre-workout, which is another story. But, you know, the real benefit when you take it at night is it puts you in a deep sleep. Makes falling asleep easier, staying asleep. You will, if you dream, you will see stuff that you just can't believe. And you'll remember your dreams. Understand, though, GAPA has some side effects, none of which are bad per se. But if you're not expecting them, it panics a lot of people. First, it can make you drowsy. But many also get something akin to a niacin flush, right? You're going to feel within just minutes of taking it, you're going to feel tingling on the top of your head and your extremities. It's important to remember that that only lasts a few minutes and then it passes, so know it can happen. It's actually a very good sign uh, because, although I, I don't have any science to back this up, when I've taken it not on an empty stomach before, I don't get those tingles. I really doubt it's getting past the blood-brain barrier with all the food I took with it. Training, in a certain fashion, fashion can also boost GH, uh, but again, this is transiently. What I call lactic acid tolerance training. I also saw a recent study which showed you could boost growth hormone 1700% simply by performing slow negatives. So think about that the next time you train. You know, since most people count too fast when they're doing, doing those reps, uh, the research showed three seconds. Since a lot of people count fast, especially when they're under load, I'd suggest you you know shoot for a five count. Most people will wind up at three that way. <laughs> um, other amino acids that boost boost growth hormone on an empty stomach: arginine, although it takes ten over ten grams, and you better have the charm in handy. It's bitter as hell too. Ornithine, L-ornithine. That's t- tough to find in bulk. It's out there, but it's, it's tough. But my my favorite after GABA is glycine. And I really like glycine. It also ramps up your body's natural creatine production. And unlike most other aminos, it's sweet. I think you use it in Thrive, right? Yeah,
3: I use it in Thrive, but I use it in coffee. I use it to sweeten foods.
4: Oh, my God, it's a great, great product. Um, Up to 10 grams for GH release works well, sometimes even more. But, and please take my word on this... (laughs) build up to that level slowly, <laughs> because if you don't, you're going to be in the bathroom, and that's not pleasant. Um, it's important to point out that any good GH releaser should usually, usually, number one, either make you drowsy, uh, make you hungry, and then finally, if you want to objectively measure whether it's really working it should be boosting your IGF-1 levels, right? which is the active metabolite of GH. In next month's Blueprint Bulletin, I will be revealing my exact IGF-1 levels after two months of MK677 at 25 milligrams a day, taken in a five-day-on, two-day-off protocol. And let me just say this. It is some real eye-opening stuff. So subscribers... Get ready for it. <laughs> it's information that's really, really important.
3: Very interesting. I'll be yeah, interested yeah. to hear about that as well.
4: Oh, yeah. It's, it's Sometimes it's what you expect and sometimes it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, Mike Sanders says, I'd like to know what supplements you think have stood the test of time. I need to really pare down what I'm taking and could use some help narrowing the focus.
4: I'll try to take it chronologically, going back to the, the first days of sports nutrition. Personally, my reference point—the at beginning—was in the 1980s. But as we'll soon see here, um, there were some, there were a few gems even before that. First up would have to be liver tabs, right? AKA desiccated liver. Um, these were studied not by supplement companies or in you know even the government, but the U.S. Army. And they were found to have some rather profound benefits, not the least of which is mitigating cortisol. They are also a rich source of B vitamins, heme iron, and amino acids. Um, They're still out there today. I think Beverly Nutrition makes a good one. And they're totally worth the money. You know, if you've never used them, try them. Um, There's a reason Vince Gironda was so big on them, especially dieting. The same era, that same era, also saw uh, lecithin granules popularized by none other than Arnold, right? He spoke highly of them and his education of a bodybuilder. Today, we know they activate mTOR, which is a key factor in protein synthesis and muscle growth. Um, Two tablespoons a day is about right for most. And along the same lines as the MK, I have some very interesting information uh, in this month's bulletin about timing of lecithin granules and mTOR around training and it's really important if you're going to be taking the granules. In the mid to late 80s, Bulgarian tribulus hit the scene and it's been around ever since. Uh, 1,500 milligrams a day will boost libido, improve erections and we know now raise IGF-1 levels about 20%. If you're looking for a tribulus to boost testosterone, um, you might want to look into tribulus allotus, which is something that you don't hear a lot about. You always hear tribulus terrestris, but tribulus allotus, uh, it's tough to find that strain, but the research does show an increase in test to a much more significant degree than tribulus terrestris. Creatine, uh, of course, the most well-known and probably your best bet for muscle gain. I found creatine mono, alkaline and creatine hydrochloride, you know, all very effective. Whey protein is obviously another, albeit um, blends containing muscular casein and whey are far more effective. And that's not marketing, that's science. We've done those studies over and over and over and repeatedly shown that a mix, In that respect, you know thrive wins that hands down. Um, I happen to think ZMA, zinc magnesium aspirate is underrated, considering deficiencies among athletes are widespread uh, and with some estimates as high as 80 percent um, being deficient in magnesium. Throw in the fact that it, it improves your sleep and it stacks really well with, with GABA. Or glycine, it's a no-brainer, you know, and it's cheap. Essential amino acids should be number one on most people's list. Um, the research just keeps pouring in as to their benefits, and you know, for years, I espoused flooding the body with essential amino's during training, even before you take something like creatine, and now the research is really bearing that out far better than just branched. essential amino acids, you're getting the three branch chains, leucine, isoleucine, and valine, uh, among those nine. Beta-alanine has a ways to go insofar as time in the market, but I'm pretty confident in stating it'll be around 10 years from now, no question. Um, Three to six grams a day with food is optimal. If you're taking creatine, it's my opinion is beta-alanine to take with it is an absolute must. the studies are very clear people put on three times the amount of muscle people that were taking both versus creatine alone the hell of an advantage to give up trimethylglycine uh, taurine L-tyrosine, and ectosterone all get honorable mention um, actually TMG is especially dynamite when paired with essential aminos ecty and taurine which is why you'll see all four Um, and more in something like Synthogen. So all of those that I just mentioned, they've been around, right, for the past 20 years at least, with some going back, you know, 50 or even more. Although they won't give you steroid-like results, they do make a noticeable difference. When you're taking them, you perform at a much higher level than when you don't. Not as high as everybody wants, Not as high as Big Brother steroids, but they work. Um, And it's important to point out, people keep buying them for a reason. If a product isn't doing anything, if it's not working, if you're deriving no discernible benefit from it, you won't buy it. People continue to buy these products over and over. So I hope that
3: helps. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we have more questions. And uh, we're going to be talking about some fun stuff, too, towards the end of the show. If you like to train your neck, some things you ought to be careful of. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: You've got your devices and apps that track your activity, workouts, sleep, and diet. You have your medical records and blood work. All this data and none of it is integrated, so you can see a true snapshot of just what progress you're making and where. Now you can securely centralize all this data and become the CEO of your health. Heads Up Health gives you powerful dashboards, charts, and tools to connect all your data into meaningful information. One seamless platform. Go to HeadsUpHealth.com today. Use code SHR And get 20% off your subscription. That's headsuphealth.com and use code SHR. Now, the number one best-selling non-hormonal anabolic agent at PredatorNutrition.com. Progenodrex has
0: established itself as the category killer. If you're having difficulty gaining muscle while staying lean, you owe it to yourself to try Progenodrex. 100% of store reviews rated it at five stars, the highest possible ranking. And today, right now, there are guys pouring their hearts out in the gym with a little or nothing to show for it. Don't waste any more time. Go to
3: PredatorNutrition.com today and get Progenodrex, the world's world's absolute best drug-free muscle gainer hey this is carl start your day just like i do with a high dose lipospheric vitamin c from live on labs you too can benefit from live on labs lipospheric delivery system no more pills or powders that's outdated technology live on labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system period learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com.
1: Hi, I'm Ashley Grace, co-founder of H-Hemp Company. Hemp CBD improved my life so much that I started H-Hemp Company to help others naturally feel better. You don't have to have had a severe brain injury like me to benefit from H-Hemp Company products. If you're struggling to feel better, calm your brain, or better deal with daily stress and want to do so naturally, please try H-Hemp Company products. Search H-Hemp Company and use code SHR for 20% off and free shipping. That's H Hemp Company and code SHR.
3: For the past four months, I've been keeping a secret. Every night at bedtime, I tape my mouth shut with Somnifix strips. That's right, and here's why. Whether you snore or not, at some point in the night, almost all of us start breathing through our mouth. Since I've started using Somnifix strips, I've noticed that I sleep deeper and have seen improvements in my health, fitness, and cognitive function. That's because nose breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system and improves nitric oxide production. And that leads to improved sleep immunity, carbon dioxide, oxygen exchange, and much more. Oh, and if you do snore, it'll help you stop snoring. Try Somnifix risk-free. Go to somnifix.com forward slash SHR. Get a free trial pack of Somnifix strips today.
2: Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High-Protein Potato Chips with 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High-Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be.
1: Move over, superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel.
3: Welcome back. So BJ Massoya or Maswa, I I don't know, I'm butchering your name, I know, M-A-S-S-O-I-A. He says, I just discovered your show and really enjoy it. I'm 30 years old, been training for five years, and starting to see some changes. I have a condition called ankylosis spondylitis, which Rob knows a lot about, uh, though, and have a lot of pain in my lower back. The doctors tell me there's nothing that can stop the disease from progressing. Is that true, and is there anything that can stop that? that I can do to stop it?
4: You know, Don't you have a client that has that? I do. I do. I, I, I train a woman with that condition. And this is the third person now that I've heard has this, and it's a really scary disease. Um, the thing is, AS can strike people down at any age, but it's not uncommon for it to occur, let's say, in your 20s, 30s, or even later. I mean, it just comes out of nowhere. Uh, it's a condition whereby the SI joint and others, but always the SI joint, progressively uh, the joints start to fuse together, and the doctors will tell you there's nothing you can do. You probably already know my position on that. There's always something you can do. And with AS, I think one of the most important things is it's very important to move. Something akin, and this is what my client's analogy. She said, when we work out, it's like shaking the ice cube tray. So every time you exercise, you loosen the bones and the joints that are under attack, that are supposed to be fusing. Um, but there you are using them, and it seems to benefit people tremendously. Uh, you know, even if you're on a, a lot of lower back pain, there's plenty that you can do. So I want to give you um, the following four things that i found are really helpful, at, at least to her. Uh, number one is wall walks. You know, that form of bridging helps all back injuries, but it's particularly important for people with AS, right? Now, so to give you an idea of what's possible, when she started with me, she couldn't lift her head off the floor in a typical back bridge. Today, she can do wall walks with 50 pounds of chain around her neck. Number two, hip belt squats. You know, not a surprise. Uh, people with lower back issues can still build up to some really impressive numbers. And you can work your legs into the ground right without your lower back being compromised. Uh, she's actually squatted four or no, I'm sorry, two fifty-five um, for ladders using a one-five spread. So in other words, uh, forty-five rest-pause reps, pretty much. You know, I have other perfectly healthy athletes that can't pull that off. Number three is reverse hypers. Very important for those with AEs. Um, it's the one exercise that rotates the sacrum, and it pumps blood into the discs. And then four, pullovers. Apparently with AS, um, there's a risk whereby the rib cage becomes, I'll use the word compromised. I, I forgot the word that she used, but people literally can suffocate to death because the lungs can't, can't expand and apparently get enough air. And she reports that pullovers help tremendously. Um, So those four things are are certainly all things that you can and should be doing. At the end of the day, AS is a scary condition. And by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, but my genetic testing showed I have the gene for it. Doesn't mean I'll get it, but I have the gene for it. Um, She has a friend who's jaw has fused shut. I mentioned it can happen in any joint, but her jaw has fused shut and she can only eat through a straw. That same friend, her ankles have fused and now she can no longer walk. Uh, What's interesting is that she was diagnosed about the same time my client was and she is far worse off today. Um, My client is convinced it's because she never exercised early, especially after being diagnosed. So, you know, I can't say I know that to be true, but I will tell you this. Every time this woman that I train, every time she hits a PR, she lights up like a Christmas tree. And and although she's considered handicapped, she's capable of doing things a lot of healthy people can only dream about. So, I don't know that you can stop AS from progressing, like they're talking about, but I am convinced you can delay it and dramatically improve your quality of life along the way. And that's really important because, you know, in her words, outside the gym, people treat her with kit gloves like she's going to break. Don't lift this, don't do that, oh my God, no, sit down, let me get this. And her doctors, um, even treat her like this rather. So, I took a video of those wall walks with fifty pounds of chain, and I said, "Here, show this to your doctor next time you go in there." And I'm told his reaction included raised eyebrows and his mouth literally dropping open. Um, So I'm hopeful. You know, he'll think twice next time before he tells someone there's nothing you can do. Or there's no hope. Um, never believe there's nothing you can do. Never, ever, ever. There's always something. Um, I've given you some ideas here, so please take them and run with them. I'd love to hear from you again. Um, you will never know what you're truly capable of until you try. And these people, just like us, the rest of us, normal people, make gains the same way, five pounds added to the bar, another rep, another set, doing the work and, you know, more work in the same amount of time or even less time. Their bodies are responding, which is a whole hell of a lot better scenario than what their doctors have left them with. Do you know anybody with it, Carl?
3: No, I don't. I've only ever heard about it through you. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of the disease before, but I've never met anybody who had it.
4: My chiropractor also um, has it, in, but he was diagnosed when he was a teenager. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, I, I knew a girl when I was young that had spinal bifida. That was like a progressive curving of the spine. It was, she ended up like all hunched over, I guess, later on in life. But yeah. not not ankylosis spondylitis, no.
4: Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's scary, you know, to know that I got the gene for it is, um I don't know what you can do. Uh, you know, in the sense of being preventative.
3: Well, I'm going to tell you something that I've come to the conclusion of. Every single disease of modernity has a link back to autoimmunity. Hmm. Every one of them. Um, Every single one of them. Uh, I've been reading about... I've been pulling from threads and going off on tangents. um, Neurological disorders. uh, So they discovered that Glaucoma is an autoimmune disorder. Wow. We already know that Parkinson's disease is. There's evidence that Alzheimer's disease has a link to it. I mean, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, every time we turn around, they go, oh, there's an autoimmune component to this disease that we've always thought was this. And it it, it keeps unveiling that when the gut goes wrong, uh, it starts to cause lots of systemic damage in the body. And when you think about the fact that 76% of Americans claim to have uh, some sort of digestive problem, it's really it's really scary. And, you know, uh, so when I was in Arizona, I mean, uh, when I was in uh, Atlantic City this weekend, I got to talk to my cousin, Rosemary, who it was her 75th birthday. And she actually took care of my sister, Valerie, for a period of time when Valerie became pretty crippled. Wow. And she said something that I didn't think. Of, I didn't realize. She said to me, "You know, Valerie didn't eat much, but for a girl who didn't eat much, she had a huge stomach." I said, "Really? What do you mean?" She goes, "Her stomach looked like she was pregnant. That's a distended gut." And this, yeah. and you know, and and some of the information that we've been talking about on the show lately, as it relates to the small intestine, how the small intestine becomes seeded. With, uh, with gram negative and gram positive, uh, uh, bacteria, microbes, fungi, and people are belching and they eat carbs and they get bloated. They eat this food. They, you know, they're sensitive to this food, this, and it's because they're feeding these rogue, uh, actors that are living in their small intestine. And these rogue actors then literally poop toxins that get picked up into the bloodstream. And those toxins go out and destroy stuff inside your body. And so I, I have a very. I'm willing to say, and maybe someone is listening to this podcast and I've been dead for 30 years already, that they're going to discover that ankylosis spondylitis or oh, ankylosing spondylitis has some autoimmune capacity, and that's why some people with the genetic predisposition get it, and some people don't, because wow. it's it's about epigenetics. Everything that we're experiencing today, you know, your genetics are not absolute. We know that. We know that there's women out there who have the BRCA gene. They don't get breast cancer. How do you explain that? If if genetics is, is everything, then how would you explain that? You can't. Right. So when you have the genetics of something, it only matters when you come into contact or do the things, uh, you come in contact in the environment or do the things that trigger it. Because the genetics don't guarantee the development, and the same is true of I'm going to say this, and it's people going to go, oh great. But even if you don't have the genetics for something, that doesn't mean that they you can't mutate and develop uh, through autoimmunity uh, that disease.
4: It makes a lot of sense because you know I spoke before about how I have uh, you know the gene for various cancers. When I researched my family history, yes, there were people with cancer, but they worked really hard to get it. Yeah, exactly. They smoked two packs a day. They yes. Drank, they drank every day. They were exposed to various cancer. They worked in factories with cancer-causing chemicals. So, yeah, I'm, I'm completely on board with that. You might have the gene what you do and how you live your life. Um, we can, we can bring that gene up to the forefront and boom, next thing you know, you're sick with cancer.
3: Yeah. Whether or not you're going to activate that gene is a different story.
4: Right. And, and you know, I mean,
3: the, so I have a uh, autoimmune disorder that's from my gut and I'm actually using a peptide that we're going to talk about next week on the show. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, trumpet the news yet, but I'm actually using a peptide. So I, I have been unable to eat bread for the past few years. If I eat even a small amount of bread, I become so uncomfortably bloated so quickly.
4: Um, I get stuffed up real bad. Because, okay,
3: okay. So the the innate and the uh learned immune system, Th1 and Th2, the innate immune system is what you're born with, and the learned immune system is what you're exposed to that you develop immunity to. And the latter is what vaccines are supposed to um, they take advantage of, but it doesn't work because they both, Th1 and Th2, have to learn the immunity and develop it at the same time. Right. So you have to be exposed to things, get sick from them, and then get better from them in order for the innate immune system to update its information along with the learned immune system. So um, with that being the case, uh, I've been experimenting with a peptide, uh, and I ate so much bread this weekend, and I didn't get bloated. It's already starting to work. I've only been using it for a week. I'm going to have to use it for a few months. But this peptide could be the answer to people. There's actually research on this peptide in treating rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, it's a ple- It has pleiotropic effects. It will rid your body of all of the uh, gram-negative, gram-positive pathogens. It will rid your body of... Uh, rogue fungi it will rid your body of anaerobes it will rid your body of the wrong types of microbes that are causing problems it it will rid your body it literally can help reset your immune system and it works through the th1 through the innate immune system not the uh, learned immune system th2 which was what vaccines try to capitalize on Uh and on top of that it has an antibiotic effect without being an antibiotic, which means that since it's acting on the TH1 immune system, uh, it, it, you, you, you have no risk of developing antibiotic resistant bacteria from its, its use. It's not an antibiotic, but it acts like one, which I predict a decade from now, we're going to, after I talk about it next week, um, you're going to start hearing more about it as we move forward. They're going to start using this instead of antibiotics to treat uh, uh, pathogenic uh, issues in the body, because unlike antibiotics, which work on the TH2 immune system, uh, they these work on TH1. They actually will kill, make the innate immune system kill the rogue bacteria. It's an ama- it, This could be of all the peptides that I've used, of all the peptides that I'm aware of this actually could have the greatest impact on the population because coming back around to what I said a second ago, and that is that you know 76% of Americans claim to have a gut problem. And and, and ironically, I bet if you poll those same people, you'll find out that they, they are the ones that with rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's disease, ankylos, uh, ankylosing spondylitis, and all those other things. I'll guarantee
4: it. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You'll,
3: you'll hear about it first. Uh, on Superhuman Radio next week, but I've been experimenting with it. This is the beginning of my second week, and I I'm so uh, impressed with just the early uh, and 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 what am I experiencing? Well, what we've discovered is that the gram negative uh, uh, pathogens they love starches, they love starches. So chances are, when I was eating bread and feeling bloated, it was because they were having a party. <laughs> and they were just pooping and farting up a storm in my stomach, and because they, they're actually fermenting in my in my small intestine, they're fermenting the the starches, and uh-huh. so that's that's pretty much gone now. I ate so much bread this weekend. I kept saying to Elisa, "I can't believe I ate bread and I'm not belching and I'm not bloated."
4: That's wonderful. I'm excited for you.
3: Yeah. So, well, I'm trying to cure an uh, an autoimmune disorder. That has ravaged my nervous system now. And it's really starting to starting to cause me trouble. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to become uh, a- a trapped in my body like my poor sister. And my poor sister would still be alive today had she not been misdiagnosed with Parkinson's disease and been treated for Parkinson's disease, which actually destroyed her brain. It's so sad. It's so sad. Now, I look back at, you know, we I didn't have the information I have today when my sister was alive. Otherwise... We would have tried something like this, right. um, but she was misdiagnosed with Parkinson's disease early on. And once you get misdiagnosed, every single doctor treats you the same. Well, you have Parkinson's disease, so we'll try this drug because this is what you know. They put her on uh, on Cinemet uh, uh, and and uh, carbon, um, yeah Cinemet, which is carbidopa and levodopa, yep. uh, and that she had to keep increasing the dose. Every few months until it stopped working entirely. Well, why? Because she, she didn't have Parkinson's disease, and then she then they did the deep brain implant on her with the little electric box that she had to have sewn underneath her, underneath her uh, above her rib cage. And you know they they just they literally the, the, the medical orthodoxy shortened my sister's life. And she may have ended up with the uh, she may have ended up being incapacitated. But by treating her for Parkinson's disease when she didn't have Parkinson's disease, they, they, she couldn't swallow anymore. She couldn't talk anymore. They just burnt her little brain out.
4: That's awful.
3: I know. And yeah. I mean, that's why, like, you know, if I go to a doctor and he says, Oh, well, you've got MS or you got, I'm like, you know what? Just get away from me. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Just stay away from me. Yeah. You don't, you don't have the answers and you don't have the cures.
4: So just stay away from me. And, and the sad thing is they probably think you're the one in denial.
3: Oh, yeah. But meanwhile, my sister was already crippled at 60. Oh, man. Right? And she died at 64. Uh, I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm faring pretty well right now. I mean, I have my challenges, you know, but, but I can actually, and the other thing that is amazing to me is if I change the way I eat, my symptoms get worse. If I change my the way I eat again, my symptoms get better. The fact that I can actually oscillate the symptoms through diet tells me that I can get better. But I'm still feeling my way around. I'm still feeling where the edges of the box are. Like, okay, I can't go too far that way. I can go this way. And uh, now I'm on, uh, now with this peptide, uh, I am now on a quest over the next year or two to completely reverse all of my symptoms. Very cool. Once I get my stomach straightened out. I predict a lot of this will go away, and all of these symptoms I have, I can, I can track back to when my stomach started becoming a problem for me, all of them. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have the Blueprint Tip of the Day, and then after that, we have a little special segment that we're going to do after uh, the Blueprint Tip of the Day. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live on Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live on Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at Livonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's Livonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N Labs.com.
5: Who ever heard of a supplement company that lets you pick the products they make and sell? What you have now, we are All-American Body, a factory direct supplement brand proudly brought to you by All-American Pharmaceutical. Don't pay more somewhere else. You can get the same or even better products directly from us. Now check this out. All-American Body is a brand about you. Tell us what to make next so you can save big. Go ahead and request a specific ingredient, you know, arginine, citrulline, vitamin D, a product type or category, keto, greens, naturals, herbals, nootropics, and even a specific branded product or formula. We'll either copy it exactly or make it even better. And best of all, it won't cost anything close to what you've been paying, period. And if we do end up using your suggestion, you'll get the first bottle absolutely free. We'll also give you full credit on that product's description page. You'll be famous signing autographs and people asking you to take pictures with them wherever you go. So head on over to allamericanbody.com right now. That's allamericanbody.com and make your product request today. All American Body. Crazy savings. Insane results.
1: New Mass bros
3: Mitochondrial uncoupling is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. blackstonelabs.com. Trojan Horse.
0: If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing
2: Otrantheel.
0: Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. That's why
2: Otrantheel
0: Works, while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found.
2: Atrandil.
0: Relieve their symptoms, and it's available without a prescription because.
2: Atrandil.
0: Is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts. It's not a probiotic, plus it's natural, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO.
2: A-T-R-A-N-T
0: Atron Teal. Even the name is proven to make you feel better.
1: Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com. Lovemytummy.com. This is the Superhuman Channel, doing reps with the weight of the world.
3: Welcome back to the Blueprint Power Hour. So, Coach, what is the blueprint tip of the day?
4: Tip of the day has to do with static holes. And the best, uh, the best movements to use them on. So we had a question earlier about all those different training methods that I recommend and use. Um, you know, I thought it was high time to visit or revisit static holds, since I've only really mentioned them in passing, right? When I've I answered listener questions. So as you're about to find out, they're among the best of the best methods to use, especially. For stubborn muscle groups now they go by various names i've seen them called x-reps isometric holds etc but fundamentally they're the same you hold a weight motionless right in the range of motion in some usually the strongest part of the range of motion for a particular exercise the big advantage they convey is that you can use enormous weights far greater than what you can lift concentrically, raise raise the weight. So in the spirit of upping your gains, uh, these are the preferred exercises that I usually pair static holds with. First one, and probably the biggest one, top range rack pulls. Um, and here you're going to load a very heavy weight onto a barbell that's set up in a power rack at about groin height. What you want to do... Um, Is be able to dip your legs a little bit, break your knees to get your legs into the movement, and then pull the weight off the pins just an inch or so. Now stand up with it and hold that motionless. You know, really feel it pulling down on your traps for around five, five to ten seconds. Um, You know, you can almost you can feel your traps; they feel like they're tearing. Um, But two of those such holds with at least 10 minutes of rest between each one. The last person I recommended these to in my gym stopped me um, about a a month later, and he said, hey, I just want to thank you. I got a 50-pound carryover on his full-range deadlift. Now, you know, not everybody's going to be so lucky, but I'll guarantee you after you try it, you will be hooked on what it can do for you. Next movement is static chin-ups, um, where you know, you're going to use a dip or other belt. You want to hang a very heavy dumbbell from your waist. You jump up to a point with your chin above the bar and just hold yourself there for as long as you can, at least a good five count. Two, two such holds again, with at least 10 minutes between each hold. Your first set, I would recommend using an underhand, palms up, close grip, Um, And then for the second one, a wider overhand grip. What you're going to find is usually a big disparity between the two, but working both really does a tremendous job building up not just your back, but your biceps. Um, If you can build those up to holding 100 pounds, watch what it does for your full-range chin-ups and your lats, your biceps, and your abs. And yes, I said abs too, and you, you'll know what I mean after you try them. You have to statically contract the abs to stay up there. The next movement uh, would be a standing or seated calf raise. Um, you want to load that sucker up with as much weight as possible. Again, pressing just pressing off to get to the very top inch of the range of motion, um, Two such holds of at least five seconds. Again, ten minutes in between. Calves are the epitome of stubborn muscles. At least they are in me. And in my opinion, they need an extreme stress in most cases to make them grow. And static holds, frankly, they've been the only weight room exercise that ever made much of a difference in my calves. Um, And then finally, you've got dips with a static hold. There again, you're, you're hanging a really heavy weight, as much as you can handle, from your waist. And you're performing two holds of around five seconds each. You want to break the elbows just a bit, where the tension comes off the joints and into the muscles. Dips and chins with static holds are two of the most productive exercises you can perform. Um, and nothing that I have seen grows triceps as well as those two. You pair those back-to-back, back and if you don't see arm growth, nothing's going to grow your arms. So I would give those five exercises a try next time you train. Um, you can perform them first in your workout. As your full range sets later on, You know, the weight should feel like a feather compared to what you use on statics. They don't take much time, and the jumps from workout to workout have to be experienced to be believed. And I'm talking about the jump in weight. Um, You know, static holds, 50-pound increases is the norm. So just imagine after, you know, 10 sessions where you're going to be at. Remember, you know, your muscle doesn't know range of motion. It knows tension. And tension, as I said before, is related to intensity, which again is the by far the most important fundamental in your training. So, you know, radically up the tension that your muscles are asked to contract against and new muscle gains are all but assured. I'll leave you with this. Um, for more information on the science of static holds, Pete Sisco's book, Static Contraction Training, um, and his various articles on his website, precisiontraining.com, Is an excellent resource. He advocates it as a standalone training method. I don't know that I would go that far. Yes, I've tried it. Um, I seem to, my muscles were not as full. You know, I was making big increases, but when you use it exclusively as your one training method, you know, I, I think that's, to me, that's like using one golf club instead of a full set. So, but in many cases, For a lot of you, especially people with uh, stubborn muscle groups, it's going to be just what the doctor ordered. Now, let's talk about uh, neck training.
3: Yeah, so uh, many of you may remember when Rob came on the show and talked about uh, his right arm and right leg going numb one day at the the gym.
4: Right.
3: Well, I I experienced exactly the same thing as him last week at the gym and it was um it was clearly orthostatic hypertension. I had um I had been sitting in the sauna the first time it happened for about 30 minutes and when I stood up I could feel this numbing like wash over my right leg and my foot and then slowly my hand and my arm I got out of the the uh the sauna I sat down and probably in real time, less than a minute, it kind of resolved and went back to normal. Right. It happened once again. I'm trying to think what I was doing. I, I had just done a very, very heavy movement, and then I stood up. Oh, I, I was uh, I was doing um, heavy heavy uh, pulley pull downs. Yep. I was doing them underhanded, so I was re- I was just like two plates away from the entire stack. I think I was at 240. Or 260 pounds, and I had really repped out. It was my last set, and I went to failure, and I and and it pulled me. You know, the weight pulled me out of the seat, so I stood right up. And when I stood up, all of a sudden, I felt this sensation where my leg was getting numb again, and then it kind of went away. And I've been analyzing what have I been doing differently, all of a sudden, that would precipitate something like this. And so I had a conversation with Rob today. Rob is a huge fan of neck training. I have become a huge fan of neck training. In fact, Rick Pack was in Louisville recently and I had him train his neck as well. And uh, I said to Rob, when did you train neck the last time this happened to you? He said, I think it was the day before. So what I've been doing is I've been doing very heavy neck extensions for a very long time. Uh, And the, the, the neck machine I use goes up to 220 and I generally do between 170 and 200 for at least 20 reps. But now I've started supersetting that with right and left flexor, but just at 80 pounds and it dawned on me, you know, this could be an impingement of, uh, of the carotid artery. The neck muscles are getting bigger. They're pressing against the artery. Uh, even a small amount of blood flow restriction, to the brain will cause you to have wooziness. We know this. Rob pointed out during our conversation earlier, you know, a a triangle chokehold puts a guy to sleep. They basically pull your shoulders up and your shoulders basically pinch off your carotid arteries and they squeeze them together with their legs and you pass out immediately because no blood, no oxygen to the brain puts you to sleep. So I, I wanted to go on the record as telling you guys out there who are older, especially, um, could there be a little plaque in there? I don't know. Now I'm going to go get scanned. I'm going to, actually going to have a carotid artery ultrasound done on both sides to look at this. Um, um, yeah, but, I mean, I, I want to just go on the record of telling you guys out there, especially if you're older, that uh, go slow with your neck training. And if you start to notice any tingling, uh, wooziness, uh, you know, when you turn your head to the right, your ear rings, things like that yep. – um, so be aware that you could be putting uh some pressure on the carotid artery that could gently be gently restricting blood flow flow to the brain and we would be remiss if we didn't say this uh for those of you out there because i 'd hate to hear something happen to somebody and uh, you know and it was because of their neck training so
4: yeah, and you know what when it does happen it's scary yeah Very, i thought I, I, was, I thought i was having a, i thought is this a stroke that's what i that 's exactly what I thought. Yep.
3: Yeah, I fun. immediately looked up TIA, uh a transient ischemic uh episodes uh and I and I was reading about them and this this could be classified as a TIA. Well, a TIA it turns out is not a stroke number 1. Even though it could be a sign of a stroke in the future, by the way. Um but I found a good study that shows that um A large number of people who have strokes and or TIAs suffer from orthostatic hypertension. What is orthostatic hypertension? Orthostatic hypertension, to us, is usually a symptom of overtraining, which I have. Remember, I just said I was overtraining, right? Right. Um, What happens is when you stand up, the adrenals squirt out chemicals to help the blood vessels constrict so that blood pressure stays the same. As your body goes from a seated position to an erect position, otherwise gravity pulls blood down and not enough blood gets to the brain. So orthostatic hypertension is, as it says, as you change your position, blood pressure drops. It doesn't go up, it goes down. You know, strokes and TIAs have always been associated with high blood pressure. Well, I found a good study with over 4,000 subjects that shows that, that the large majority of people who had TIAs actually also were had complained in the past and been treated for orthostatic hypertension. So a TIA may not be a plaque or a blockage in a blood vessel in the brain, which leads to a stroke. It could be the result of blood not getting to the brain fast enough because you, your, blood, your blood pressure dropped when you stood up. And you know these people complain about this. Yo, I stood up, I get woozy. That's orthostatic hypertension. That could also precipitate the symptoms of what is a TIA. Uh, And and so ischemia just means not enough oxygen is getting to something, right? Cardiac ischemia, an ischemic event in the heart is called a heart attack. Not enough oxygen is getting to the heart and it can't function. Well, there's lots of reasons why... Oxygen doesn't get to your brain. One can be a stenosis, one you know, a, a, a plaque buildup, a narrowing of the. The other one could be the the, the heart isn't keeping blood pressure high enough, and yeah. the blood and the blood's dropping out of the brain. So again, oxygen is not being delivered.
4: Very interesting stuff. You know, the way you're describing it, it's the best plausible explanation I think for what happened to me. Now, I was so spooked. Um, I said to the woman I was training, I said, I'm sorry, but you know, I have to go. I went right to the ER. They did an EKG, and they ruled out a TIA or a stroke, um, and they were at a loss to explain it. I think what you laid out here is a very logical example of what can happen, um, especially as you get up into heavier weights, and now your neck is, you know, I'm, I put almost three inches on my neck since started, you know, training it directly. Do you Uh, do do cardio? Oh, yes, every day. Okay. Almost every
3: day. And and cardio is an important uh, factor in reversing orthostatic hypertension, believe it or not. So a lot of us like to lift, but we don't like to do cardio, and that's a really, really... And I'm one of those assholes, by the way. (laughs) So I'm I'm not talking down to you. I'm actually talking for myself. I need to... I'm actually moving forward. I'm going to take the next couple days off because of the traveling and the partying and because I was p- overtrained to begin with. Yep. I'm going to take the next couple days off, and when I go back, I am going to split my hour at the gym in half, and half of it's going to be cardio and half of it's going to be my new uh, whole-body, two-set uh, routine because I can get that done in 30 minutes if I want to, uh, and then I'll do cardio because I need to up my cardio. I don't I don't do enough cardio, and that's not good for my heart because – my heart is being built to be strong in one direction, not the other direction. And that's not good. That could be why I have orthostatic hypertension.
4: What do you weigh?
3: I'm about 230 right now.
4: Okay. So, you know, your body has 230 pounds of tissue. Your heart has 230 pounds of tissue to circulate blood to. Um, but I know exactly what you're saying. I do cardio, but I will also tell you I absolutely Hate every minute of it, but as I tell my son, well, I'm trying to, trying to explain to him, part of being an adult is doing things you know you should do, but you really <laughs> dislike, but you do them because you know you need to.
3: So well, and on that note, I have to give up coffee once and for all. I did have a cup of coffee today because I was just kind of tired. But uh, so you know, I, I texted uh, Doctor John Parker last week, and I said I'm giving up caffeine. And then in big capital letters again, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm 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 sitting here looking at an unopened pack of three fifty seven super magnum caffeine pills. Oh wow! I, I was what I was doing was each one of these is two hundred milligrams of caffeine, but a bunch of other stuff too, and I was. I was taking one to two of those a day. Again, this is just recently after, you know, I've, you, everybody on the show is going, Carl, but you just kicked caffeine. I did. Um, but I started drinking um, iced Cafe Americanos, which is four shots of uh, espresso and cold water and ice cubes and a little uh, half and half and stevia. Because I can drink those really fast. Like I can drink one of those in literally under a minute instead of sipping on coffee. And I get hit with all the caffeine from all four shots that fast. Oh and God. that stopped working. So then I started taking one of these 357 Super Magnum More Pep Quicker Energy uh, stimulant pills that you buy at like seven eleven and stuff like that. And I so then I got to the point where I was having a cup of coffee at home, training, then having a a large cafe americano iced and one of these pills, and then sometimes another pill later on in the afternoon. And so I'm really back to where I was before with, like, close to a 1,000 milligrams of caffeine a day, and I don't feel good. And I can't keep doing this. I can't keep... Getting off of it and then going, oh, I feel good. I'll start taking it again. It, it's going to cause me problems. So this time I'm really done. I had a cup of coffee this morning knowing that that's it. There's no more coffee for me. And plus, coffee really messes up my gut. If I'm trying to fix my gut and I'm continuing to drink coffee, if I drink coffee on an empty stomach, my nose gets stuffed up immediately. I start coughing. I get a tickle in my throat. So that means I'm allergic to something in it.
4: And a lot of people get kind of pulled into the same position you are. You know, Before you know it, you're taking almost a gram of caffeine a day. It goes back again to those pre-workouts. When caffeine is your primary driver, it's your primary stimulant, you know you are in trouble. My pre-workout, as an example, is going to have a completely different driver. It's going to have a little bit of caffeine, just enough to potentiate that. But when you're relying on caffeine as your primary driver in whatever stimulant you're using or pre-workout, you're in trouble. That, that's all. That's all I'll say. You're in trouble if you're relying on caffeine as the as the big gun.
3: Well, and let's not forget that Adele Musa did a blog post a few years ago that said that guys who depend on caffeine to get them through their workouts are almost always overtrained. Yes. Because that's why you need the caffeine, because you're overtrained. Because you really need to just take the frig off. But no, you're gonna pound down, you know, three hundred milligrams of caffeine and hydrus and go in there and crush it. Yep. But what you're really doing is just perpetuating overtraining and then all sorts of problems happen when you're overtrained. Injuries, um, you know, regression, uh, inability to lose body fat. Don't don't misunderstand that uh, when the body feels that kind of stress, it gets panicked. It just holds on to body fat. Yep. Yep. So, no, I I, I, this is it for me. This is going to be, and and it won't take me long. I kick caffeine pretty quickly. In a couple weeks, I'll be actually feeling better. And you know what the funny thing is? What? The last time I kicked caffeine, I was going to the gym, and I actually felt stronger, and I was able to train longer.
4: I remember you saying that.
3: Yeah, and then here I am again, you know, oh, I'm going to kick caffeine again. Yeah, and it's not doing anything good for my gut, and it's not doing anything good for my heart, and it's not doing anything good for anything.
4: Unfortunately, it's everywhere. Even if you step outside of sports nutrition, you know how many people use coffee to wake up. Yeah, a lot. Everybody,
3: everybody in America. Seventy six percent of America. Oh wait, seventy six percent of Americans have gut problems. <laughs> what if there's a link? Anyway, All right. Look, that's it for today. Go check out coachrobregish.com. dot com. All right, Rob. Thank you much. Talk to you later, brother. We'll see you by tomorrow with more Superhuman Radio. Thanks for listening today.